Welcome to Showboys, a podcast that delves into the world of film and TV. Hosts Mike and Jordan soar into a world where two incompatible Avengers will give us a lethal weapon spin on the superhero genre as they attempt to work together to uphold the legacy left behind by their best friend Steve Rogers, the original Captain America. In this week's episode, Sam Wilson and Bucky Barnes realize that their futures are anything but normal. So, what's New World Order? another episode of Showboys. My name is Mike, and I'm joined with my good friend, and and what what are you calling yourself these days? A Showboys correspondent, uh, <laughs> contributor. Jordan, contributor, there you go. Um, yeah, welcome. How are you doing tonight? Good, good. How you doing? Great. Uh, good. Just, just re-watched episode one of Falcon and Winter Soldier, and real excited to, to get into it tonight with you. Um, before we get started, if you're tuned into the live stream, thank you very much. Um, if you like what you hear at any time during the stream, you can always chime in in the comments. Uh, it's, an, it's a nice, fun way to engage with us during the show, and we can throw your comments or questions up on the screen and, and answer anything you might need answered, or uh, you can correct me and uh, a lot of things I'll probably get wrong <laughs> in my Marvel knowledge, so... Uh, looking forward to breaking down the episode tonight. Uh, as always, um, we're glad that you're here. So, uh, yeah, I guess to start off, uh, what were your just initial thoughts of the episode? So I went in with the idea that it was going to be really, really boring. I heard a lot of things before I actually watched it, but I was pleasantly surprised. I liked it a lot. Um I think the way they dove into the characters was really unexpected. I don't know if if you felt that way or not. I mean, I guess the trailer kind of alluded to it, but um, what they dug into with, um, you know, uh, Sam, Sam and his uh, sister was really cool. And also the uh, almost the, um, I guess it's almost like a substance abuse, abuse counseling, right? That winter soldier (laughs) was going through. Yeah. Is like uh, AA, but instead of Alcoholics Anonymous, it's Assassins Anonymous. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. No, uh, we'll definitely get into the details of all that stuff. Um, I really enjoy what they did. Uh, like exactly what you're talking about. I, I have a lot to say about some of those things. Um, I also was pleasantly entertained. Um, I think it started out exactly how I thought it would start out. Um, you know, we got a, a dose of your typical MCU uh, stuff, um, which is what I was expecting out of this series after um, WandaVision and how out of the box and, and all the the um, steps and, and leaps that they took to kind of like be a little different with that show. Um, I kind of expected this one to just 
be your your typical MCU formula, lots of action sequences, lots of heroes beating bad guys and uh, things of that nature. And we got a good dose of that this episode. Um, so yeah, without further ado, uh, let's just recap the episode. Yep. Um, if any of you listening or watching the live stream uh, listen to any of our Mandalorian companion series, then you kind of know how the episodes here of the Falcon and Winter Soldier companion series will play out. Uh, basically, what we're going to do every week after the the latest episode of Falcon and Winter Soldier comes out, we watch it. I watch it multiple times, uh, and then we jump on the live stream here and we recap the episode. So we just go through the whole thing, talk about what happened. And while we do that, we, we break down uh, the happenings and anything that we think might mean something uh, in the future of the series, or in this case, you know, the future of the MCU with how interconnected all these movies and shows are. Um, and then, you know, we'll probably get into some speculation We'll probably uh, talk some Easter eggs. If I'm sure Jordan will notice them all, and I will notice none of them. <laughs> uh, so we're really depending on you for that, Jordan. Um, and then, you know, we got our, our Marvel origin story segment. So I'm excited to, you know, get into the comic origin story of a particular character tonight. And then, of course, if you listen to our, our episode zero of the companion series, you'll know that I am on ring watch specifically 10 of them i will be looking out for uh i made some wild wild uh speculation in our our episode zero about potentially this series being tied with uh shang chi and the legend of the ten rings so we'll see if i was just like on some kind of crazy drugs or if that might come to fruition as the series progresses but or again both. Hey, it could be. You never know. That would, that would probably be the best case scenario. <laughs> but yeah, so the episode starts off with um, you know Sam just kind of getting ready in his room, you know, getting getting his nice suit on. Uh, he's got the shield like laying out on the bed and in, in all of its glory, its beautiful red and blue and white hues. Um, and he's just, you know, g- getting ready to what we learn later in the episode is to like, quote, unquote, retire the shield at the Smithsonian. And uh, in this scene, you, you get some cool audio from Endgame. You have uh, the conversation between Sam and Steve Rogers, uh, old man Steve Rogers on the bench uh, with, you know, Captain America asking Sam, how does it feel like after he hands him the shield? And Sam says, like, it's someone else's. And, uh, you know, Steve replies, well, it isn't. Um, And considering how this episode ends, I thought that was a really brilliant way to start the episode. Um, Because, yeah, once we get to the end, I mean, obviously, if you're listening to this show, I'm assuming that you've watched the episode or else... (laughs) That would be really weird that you're listening to <laughs> this <laughs> beforehand. But um, yeah, just I, I did you kind of notice that how how like you get that audio and then with how at the end someone else actually takes the shield <laughs> and it's oh, just yeah. like kind of like that cool play on that clip. Um, but yeah, then, then we kind of transition there to um, Sam 
being debriefed on the the giant military plane um about the laf criminal organization which i am going to have some questions for you about this uh to rescue captain vasant uh and then we also meet first lieutenant torres in this scene here uh he's the eyes on the ground while sam's in the air trying to uh you know rescue this captain um sam's told he needs to be subtle you know this is Tunisian airspace they're they're about to head into, and they don't want to break any treaties or anything. Uh, put the the United States in a bad light here. And um, Sam makes it over to the hijacked plane, and wouldn't you know, our good friend Old Batrock is back, uh, played by right. George St. Pierre. And uh, also in this like flight sequence and and entry into the plane, we're kind of shown that maybe Falcon had you know some. Some Stark Tech upgrades to his suit. A lot of new gadgets. Um, yeah, what, what, what? You have anything for us here before I start getting into my questions and whatnot for no, this yeah, sure. chunk? Uh, a little bit. Um, so it's. I remember uh, last last week we talked about Batch uh, Rock and you know was he going to be in the uh, cheesy purple and yellow outfit? He wasn't obviously, but he had the vest on, which is kind of a cool throwback. Nice. Um, and you know we obviously got to see a lot more detailed version of um, Red Wing, right? We were, we were talking about that last week also, and it was kind of pivotal to the, the whole uh, opening sequence. He arguably, yeah. arguably did more than Sam. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. I thought that was really cool. Cause uh, in the comics, wasn't it actually like, was it a, a literal bird? Actual Falcon. Red yeah. Wing. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, as soon as he said Red Wing, I was like, Jordan said something about that <laughs> vindication. Yeah. yeah. And it, yeah, he had, I mean, like, yeah, he was kind of like a, um, like a, like a Star Wars droid to like mm-hmm. a A wing or next wing, right? It was yeah. kind of, he's probably actually more useful than that, but he uh, had, had like an underslung minigun, had missiles attached to him. <laughs> I mean, it's destroyed everything. It's really yeah, cool. uh, definitely handy to have chilling on your back. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want one. So, first off, what what does LAF stand for, and like, who is this criminal organization? What are we dealing with here? So, I'm trying to figure. Like, what I was gathering from that is um, the fact that you know, we were talking about. Um, you know, Batrock's brigade earlier on, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was, I, I don't know exactly what it's going to stand for, but I feel like that is uh, going to end up being the Batrock's brigade. Obviously, Batrock's brigade sounds kind of dumb. Or, <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? I can't. Like, yeah. Um, Doesn't translate well from the comics. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I think he was obviously the ringleader of what was going on there, right? Yeah. So, uh, my assumption is LAF is going to be Batrock's organization who gets hired in to do crazy things, probably by Zemo or, um, you know, someone will probably see coming up called the power broker. Okay. Interested mm-hmm. about that. We'll have to dig into that later. Um, so with that being said, uh, are you thinking that this won't be the, the, the last time we see Batrock there uh, after his great escape from the exploding helicopter. I, I don't think it'll be the last time we see him, but he may be out of friends. <laughs> I think they're all, 
hey, he's gonna he's gonna have to hit up the brigade for, for some more some more buddies to help him out. Yeah, they're blown up and some yeah. pancakes. It's uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Um, that was the one guy that got shot and the the pilot. That, the, rick, yeah. the ricochet. Yeah. There was like a there was like a second like. It's like he got like shot by a he nine got millimeter. Double tapped. Yeah, but, like it was like a nine millimeter, like a like a little twenty two. Yeah, <laughs> went through a after. So, yeah, know. they definitely watch Zombieland. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So this Captain Vasant, is there anything special about this, or is this just kind of like a a placeholder, or not a placeholder, but a, an excuse for some early episode action here from Sam? So Captain Vasant doesn't ring any bells for me. Um, okay. The show is becoming a what I think is going to kind of if there was if there was a Batman show without Batman, I call it the Bat Family. This is going to be the Captain America Family. You know what I mean? We're, <laughs> we're going to see everyone, right. everyone uh, encapsulated around that character's history. Um, but that name doesn't ring a bell. But it it very well could be out there. Okay. Uh, once again, proving to be rather useless. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I don't want to like, I don't want to like Google everything before like we jump into this. So right. like just no, like, no, no, like no. constant, you know, Same. whatever. But yeah, yeah, I try. Uh, I don't know if I ever said this on our Mandalorian companion series, but with that series and now this Falcon and Winter Soldier series, uh, yeah, I don't, I try to avoid anything, any sort of talk or other recaps or breakdowns of these episodes mm-hmm. because I don't want to like, subconsciously just like regurgitate what other people think about the episode. So uh, I'm right there with you, my Mm -hmm. friend. Um, But I did note here, uh, you know, about the stray bullets hitting the pilot. Like I I saw that was kind of like a cool effect because I kind of wasn't expecting that to happen. I was Um, like, I was like, he's dead. And I'm like, Oh wait, now he's dead. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I did love the like wing shield, you know, to block yeah, all the bullets. Yeah, that was it, super cool. It was, um, there's so much detail, right? And like the, um, the metallic feathers, I guess you'd call them. I don't know what they yeah. are yet, but obviously. Um, th- th- yeah, I, that was, that was one of my, the highlights of, of, uh, of that. And the, when, when they fought too, it was so cool. Like the beating yeah. of the chests. Yeah. Did you, did you catch that? Yeah. He, uh, yeah. <laughs> It would have been fun. Like his his wings came out obviously when he hit his chest. It, I always I was joking with uh, my girlfriend about it and her son that it'd be funny if he like puffed his chest up like a bird, <laughs> <laughs> and all of a sudden he has like tail feathers shoot exactly. up. <laughs> yes. Uh, the but yeah, the fight scene there between uh, Batroc and and Sam was really cool. And again, I like like I talked about in episode zero. I think it's super cool that uh, like an MMA fighter is playing this character, yeah. um, similar to Gina Carano playing uh, Cara Dune. Rest in peace. Pour one out. Um, but like these MMA fighters breaking into acting, getting to play like these really cool action oriented characters. So like their fight scenes are legit because they know how to fight. So it's, I don't, I love that. Um, yeah, and, and he didn't, he didn't do a terrible job delivering his lines. I thought he, no, he's, he, he's kind he of decent. He does. He does like the, like what kind of Arnold did earlier on in his, in his acting career. He says that keeps that stoic look mm-hmm. and just, you know, yeah. let's, let you know he's business. He <laughs> yeah. probably does. Pounds the chest. Um, <laughs> But one one thing I kind of wasn't a fan of during this this opening action sequence where the uh, 
like close ups on Sam's face as he's flying yeah. through the air. I was like, oh, okay, maybe, maybe yeah, and need to I, do that so much. There's no way he should be able to breathe <laughs> going at the speeds. <laughs> I mean, I know it's superheroes and comics. I, you right. know, it's, I get it. I, I just, for some reason, I, I, we see, you know, super soldiers, we see ridiculous things, a guy with a, you know, metallic arm, obviously, but. And then I, I look at that. I'm like, that's fake. I don't believe that. It's, it's so stupid. <laughs> yeah. I know. It's, just, <laughs> oh, it's, one so of, it's just so it's just so blatant, you know. And right. the, the speeds were kind of interesting. Like, you know, he's flying after a helicopter, right, with missiles chasing him, but neither he or the missiles are catching up to the helicopter. I think that was at one point. Uh, <laughs> this is a little weird. But. So basically, Jordan hated this episode. I love. Um, I like the episode no, a lot. I'm I just. <laughs> Yeah, no, uh, I remember thinking similar things when I was watching through, uh, like, the animated Star Wars series, Rebels and Clone Wars, where, like, sometimes when they're in space, they, like, need helmets and stuff. (laughs) But then other times, they're just, like, on top of spaceships, and they're just, like, in space with no spacesuit. And I'm like, okay, what are we going to do here? (laughs) Give me some kind of show. Which one are we going with? Are we doing one or the other? Come on. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you there on that. Um, and then the last thing I wanted to say about this is like, so imagine how painful it would have been to be in Vasant's shoes or seat, I should say, when Sam flies through the helicopter oh, yeah. and just like tackles him out the other side. It's one of, you know, one of those who knows how fast he was going. Yeah, though. it's one of those times where you don't want to be saved. Like he's yeah, like, no, he jumps up in Patrick's arms. He's like, Patrick's arms. Like, it's like, save me <laughs> yeah pretty sure that would just like snapped him in half yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh mm-hmm. but yeah um it was a great you know opening sequence to kind of get your blood pumping and get you ready to go for the rest of the episode uh, so i appreciated that especially after like i said such a stark contrast to wandavision and how that that was a slow burn i loved but uh still you know there was a lot of mystery and you know, obviously the sitcom trope and, you know, it took like four or five episodes to get out of that trope. Uh, and this one's just like, all right, we're starting off with a nice like six minute action sequence. Um, yeah. So I was I was down for it. It was it was also a good action sequence to bring us down from, you know, again, like a, a world ending or universe ending situation that Thanos gave. Mm-hmm. Right. It, yeah. It, it just gave us more of a not a street level, but just the next level up from that. Yeah, Battle. and he, it was nice too to like kind of show off pretty much the capabilities of Falcon. Yes, because yeah. I mean you see him in fight scenes in the you know the team up movies and stuff, but like this was a a just pure Falcon fight scene, and it was a long one, and you got yeah. to see all the cool gadgets and stuff. So I appreciate don't just, that. Don't discount Red Wing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> his boy Red Wing. Uh, but then, you know, next we see Sam and Torres in the middle of a city. You know, I don't know if if the location of the actual city they were in popped up on screen. But um, with, you know, Sam sitting there fixing up Red Wing because poor guy took a bullet. Uh, and it was kind of funny because Torres is like, you know, if you just, you know, rewire yeah. this here. And he's like, hey, stop it. Like, stop it. Get away. Yeah, yeah. Smacks his hand. Get out of yep. here. Yep. Um but we kind of we learn uh, that Sam's been working with the Air Force for six months at this point, I believe he said. Um, and Torres is kind of like looking around the the general area they're in with his phone on 
some kind of app, I'm assuming, uh, that reveals the Flag Smasher hand logo. Um, and okay. he, he gives us uh, some nice exposition on the Flag Smashers and, like, what they are. And also terrible app if you're like a terrorist organization like maybe don't have an app where (laughs) you could just scan around and see where everyone is yeah Yeah. Yeah. maybe hopefully it's decrypted or something but (laughs) or encrypted uh but yeah we we did land that right though It, it wasn't i mean as far as our knowledge goes so far that it's an organization rather than an actual one person villain that it was in comics yes but we will get to the uh, apparent person in charge of the flag smashers uh, in a little bit here, because they do seem to have at least someone who's a uh, pretty powerful looking guy yeah, or gal, either a muscle, the muscle or the leader. Yeah. yeah. Um, but in, in Torres's little flag smasher exposition, he says that the flag smashers quote, want a unified world without borders. Um, so yeah, there's their their agenda. It's laid out for us in the first ten minutes of the episode here, uh, and then we get like a nice little conspiracy chat with <laughs> Torres and Sam about you know yeah Captain Rogers really on the moon. He's flown there by Sam himself. Right. Uh, so new segment: the uh, Captain America Moon Watch. Well, that'll be right after the Ten Rings Watch, um, but. I'm assuming that that Torres is going to be a a big player, at least in the series. I don't know what his comic counterpart or his character is based off from the comics. uh, But is this is this going to be an important player? Um, In in the comics, he uh, he plays a role with um, with Sam Wilson. Um, Whether they'll do that in the show, I don't know. the, some of the clues of, of who might be behind some of you know what's happening leads me to believe that something could happen to him. Um, but in the comics, and again, this, I guess it's not really a spoiler because we don't know what's going to happen, right? But um, he, he, he takes up the mantle of Falcon when okay. Sam Wilson becomes Captain America. But he doesn't do it in the same way that, that Sam Wilson has with just you know, mechanical wings or whatever. He, he's, um, he's basically... He goes all South Park and gets like real wings sewn he, on his back. <laughs> he he kind of does uh, actually. He gets mutated. Oh uh, no way! Yeah, he gets mutated into a, a bird-like creature and, oh. and it's a little bit of vampiric uh, um, attributes too. So who knows if they'll do that? I don't, it sounds ridiculous, right? And, <laughs> I, hey, um, we just got witches introduced to us, so you never know. True. You never true. know. That's true. Uh, I mean, Morbius is coming and even though it's not like directly is it directly an mcu or is it more of a sony it's, it's a sony sony okay. studios thing or the sony um uh, sony spider-verse but right i i i, I really I, there's clues that the, uh dr strange and the multiverse of madness will tie into that right uh, i'm waiting for uh personally and i'm also waiting to put it on ebay of course if this character comes out <laughs> um okay <laughs> nice the uh the first um than to bring uh, Madam Web into it. Madam mm. Web is um, basically an interdimensional entity that connects all the different Spider Verse together. So it's, I feel like it's a it's a prime prime place to do it. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's gonna I feel like there's gonna be so much, and I really hope that with the title of Multiverse of Madness, they don't just Ralph Boner us. 
which have you fin- seen or finished WandaVision? No, yeah. Okay, well then <laughs> that might not make any sense to you. I was like, oh, it sounds hot. Okay. Yeah, uh, it's great. You'll you'll figure it out <laughs> when you finish WandaVision. Oh That's funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, so Torres, he, he, he basically is the uh, Dick Grayson for Falcon, eh? Yeah. He just yeah, kind of... There's... He never, I mean, obviously, he's never, he was never a character that, um, you know, completely blew up kind of thing. You know, he's not like right. a huge, huge character, but um, he's kind of the the next, um, I guess he's more of a real falcon than falcon, I guess, because <laughs> so, it's literal, literal bird wings. Yeah. Ah, uh, well, that's interesting. So we'll have to keep our eyes out on that, see if he develops into, uh, you know, a bigger player or, you know, if he's just kind of, uh, restricted to this mini series or, you know, if Sam Wilson does like by the end of Falcon and winter soldier, assume the role of captain America, if Torres then steps up, like you're saying to replace him as Falcon, which would be pretty cool. Yeah. And uh, he also has a, um, I, I, I think I'm almost positive. He's, he's part of a group called uh champions and uh, Ms. Marvel is part of the same team. Uh, okay. So maybe she's, you know, maybe they'll, they'll cross something over with TV shows right. in that aspect. So. Yeah, true, true. Good to know. We'll have to keep our eyes out. Um, so what did you think about the conspiracy theories? I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> I, thought it, I, thought it was, I thought it was good, uh, especially even though, you know, Sam Wilson, I, I, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but Sam Wilson downplayed them, and he still kind of went after him again to make sure that they were indeed false. And he's just like, no, they're not, or they're not yeah. true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I think it's even though so much craziness can happen, like in the MCU, like, you know, obviously people disappeared for five years and stuff like that. Yeah. What the hell else could happen? Right. Of course, Captain America could be on the moon. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's interesting though, because now that we're talking about it, like we didn't see Steve Rogers die. Absolutely. Right. So like, but they're all making it sound like he is gone. Mm -hmm. Like, obviously he's super old. I mean, like, do people just, I wonder if it was made public that he, came exactly. back after returning all the infinity stones to their timelines or if that was just like oh he's he he went away to return these things and never came back so he could just kind of like live out the rest of his life in peace yeah i, I was actually gonna ask you that question too uh, there's nothing to my knowledge that the the public and the mcu understand that captain america is a old or whatever right yeah i don't even know if if they made it public that he was going back to return the infinity stones, you know, like they might've just been like, Oh, well he never made it out of the battle against Thanos. You know what? And one of the things that, that I did do is I went online and looked for some of the, um, the the zoom ups of the the Captain America museum. Um, Because there's a lot of, a lot of different clues in there as to, well, history, like for the first Captain America movie up, up through now, uh, but there's one panel in there that says the final mission. And mm. that was basically the the final mission that they went on to bring everyone back. But again, it never, from what I read, I didn't see anything mentioning that that is part of, part of his final mission. So nice. it's, you know, it's, yeah. ne- it's something that I never really thought about. But then like after hearing, you know, s- you know, what they talked about in this episode. And then as we're talking about it, it's like, I wonder if anyone even knows what happened or if yeah. he's like, if he's actually still alive anyways, because he was pretty old when he came back, you never know. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, so now we return to Washington to see the actual ceremony here of, you know, Sam giving his speech at the Smithsonian and, you know, basically talking about how, you know, how great of a symbol and a, a hero and a man that Steve Rogers was, you know, as Captain America and just as Steve Rogers and, you know, basically hanging up the shield that he <laughs> only held briefly uh, saying we need new heroes, one suited for the times we are in. And uh, I, I thought his speech was, it was, it was very nice, um, you know, considering, their relationship, you know, Steve and, and Sam. Uh, yeah, it was a nice touching, like, send-off to Captain America. Uh, and the camera pans across the, the crowd in attendance there. And once you know, our buddy Rhodey's there. Mm -hmm. uh, War Machine. Um, which I wonder how much he made just for being in this show for, like, two minutes. I, I actually, I literally thought of the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Probably a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, what did you kind of think of the speech and this whole sequence of him, like hanging up the shield, so to literally and figuratively? Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> I, I thought it was good. Obviously, I, I, I think that it was. It, it, they almost treated it like a funeral, right? Mm -hmm. it, it felt like he was giving like a eulogy or something like that. Um, but I think, I think there was a he was happy to get rid of it. I think because he doesn't think that he deserves it. He doesn't want that, but you could also tell, you could also tell that he was pretty, um, he felt guilty about it too. I don't yeah. know if you got, got that or not, but I, I think, I think that that is a big setup as to, you know, when we talk about the ending, um, yeah. what, how, how, what overcame him at the end. Yeah. And I, th all of these scenes are the ones that we talked about, about like, you know, his possible reluctance to take on the shield and the mantle of Captain America in our last episode. And turns out he's willingly giving it up. Um, yes. But yeah, I didn't think really about the guilt factor, but I, I could see that it makes sense, uh, especially when you see the end. Um but yeah, I guess to go off of what we were talking about right before this scene, like you're right, this does seem like Captain America's funeral here. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I think they think he's dead, which I think is pretty safe to say now. Um, but yeah, yeah, like how or why, right? Like I, I mean, yeah. they, they don't mention it. I swear, that you just watch it twice. So they definitely don't mention it, right? Mm -mm. Yeah. Okay. But real quick, one thing I was I was wondering about is that shield. I, in the last episode too, we talked about uh, when you rewatched Endgame. So that Captain America obviously was from a new timeline, technically, because he stayed in that timeline, right? Mm -hmm. So the normal vibranium shield was destroyed mm -hmm. by Thanos. So yeah. what is the shield made out of, right? He just comes back with a giant symbol bag with the yeah. Captain America shield in it. Yeah. So, I, yeah, that's a good. Early on in, in Captain America, you know, his shield was made of like a, a form of adamantium. I don't remember the, you know, the particular version of it, but. Isn't that um, what uh, like X-Men or yeah. Wolverine's like claws and, yep. and stuff is made? Okay. Yep. Shatterstar's swords, Lady Deathstrike's nails, <laughs> uh, Wolverine's claws and bones. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's interesting. I don't. I, I know I personally didn't really 
put much thought into like, oh, where did that shield come from? Because his shield got destroyed clearly, and mm-hmm. he just came from different timelines. Yeah. So yeah, and you, the design is different. It's noticeable mm-hmm. uh, because it like around the the star circle of the shield, you have those like little little, like, yeah. little inlays or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I wonder if that'll ever be addressed, or if or if we're just uh, supposed to be like it's just the same shield from somewhere else. The director's like, what do you want from me? Okay. Yeah, geez, do I have to explain literally everything? Well, you backed yourself in this corner yourself, Feige. I mean, if you didn't make everything mean something, like, you did this to yourself. Um, but yeah, so Sam's thanked for, quote, coming forward with the shield. Um, and this that the way that, like, that was said, those, part- like, specific words, like, coming forward with the shield makes me think that like he was asked to do this you know like did you get that vibe like just the way that that sequence happened it just felt kind of like he was almost being like forced to do this in a a way because it said you made the right decision by doing it yeah exactly um yeah yeah and i never really thought about that i guess until you so you just pointed that out and then that part clicked in or there yeah. was almost like a subtle threat prior to it. Yeah. Um, and which could play out. into like his demeanor, you know, at the very beginning of the episode. And then during that speech, mm-hmm. which could play into like the guilt aspect, yeah. you know, maybe he feels guilty for like following through with, you know, this demand or whatever to like return the shield and not be Captain America for whatever reason. Cause they had bigger plans, right? Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, then we get like a cool conversation between Rhodey and Sam and basically Rhodey's being like, yo, what are you doing? Why are you doing this, man? Like, that's supposed to be you. And Sam just reiterates like, you know, hey, it just doesn't feel right. Like, I, I'm i not worthy of this shield. Like, it, it was Steve's shield. Like, it's not mine. Uh, which you got to respect, you know the respect that he had for Steve and Captain America. And it again, just kind of like goes to show the type of relationship those two had. Um, yeah. It was, it was a nice little conversation there. Yeah. Um, I like, I like how, how um, Rose was talking about how the world's broken. You know, alliances mm-hmm. are broken. Uh, no one can really trust each other anymore. Uh, I think, I think that is going to, you know, probably have more meaning later than, yeah. Than, uh, than we think. Well, again, like uh, this plays into what I wanted to get into, uh, particularly about Sam's uh, story arc with his sister in this episode and then Bucky's story arc. Um, And what I really loved about WandaVision is how uh, these two series so far have done such a fantastic job tackling the subject of people dealing with the repercussions of the snap and the blip mm-hmm. like and that's something that i i hate the the blip like that's the so snap dumb. and the blip it's just, yes uh, uh but hey that's what they call it so that's what i'm gonna go with um back to back hearing him is funny yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the snap blip yeah, um but like i never thought that they would you know deal with this stuff i figured they would just gloss over it because you know hey it's a movie and all the people came back like aren't you happy like no one really died but like we're seeing all of the like grief and like people's lives were 
you know, completely flipped upside down. Like half yeah. the universe vanished. And then yeah. five years later, they all came back. Like life had moved on. And now all, so like, not only did it suck for the people who survived the snap because their world was wrecked, but then like the people who came back, they had to come back like five years later when yeah. life had already moved on. And now exactly. they have to like, figure their way back into society and their lives. You know, it, it was, it was the worst for the, you know, the 24 year old guy that married an 18 year old and her father really, really hated it. And then he disappeared for five years or she disappeared for five years. <laughs> Comes back. It's still 18 years old. Yeah. Now he really hates it. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's, and the, just what they've, done diving into these uh like story arcs dealing with this stuff has just been really cool and what we see that more later on the episode with sam and his sister uh sarah i believe her name was um but yeah to all that being said like that's what roadie's talking about like you know that's why the world is in shambles and broken because like it literally was broken and everything changed for five years and and now things are just different and sam was one of the people who got snapped in return sam was bucky so they're like having to basically learn how the world works now um so yeah it's interesting we'll have to keep our eyes on on those types of storylines moving forward um but then we get the winter soldiers debut in the episode and uh man this is another cool action sequence. While it was not nearly as long as Sam's, it was equally as dope. Um, we see you know, Bucky punch through a wall. He's like jumping over stair rails, down flights of stairs, shooting people behind his back, and like doing all this, too, yeah. yeah, doing all this crazy stuff. And I'm like, all right, sweet. Like he, like Bucky's, he's still wearing the Winter Soldier stuff. This is awesome. This, this must have been a bunch of bad guys. And then he—I mean, it could have been a bunch of bad guys. You never know. But he—he—he he, he takes out the last guy, and he just throws out a, a, an old hail Hydra. And I'm like, okay, this—this yep. this isn't good. This is not good. Right, right. How did we get here? And then it goes from bad to even worse when he decides to shoot the poor innocent bystander yeah, uh, exactly at his business. door. And, uh, but no worries. It was all just a nightmare. Uh, it's all just a bad dream. And. You know, Bucky wakes up, and by the way, like, he's got a flat screen TV. Okay, he's clearly got cable or satellite or something because he's got a soccer game on. Uh, why do you not own a mattress at least? It's a little strange, right? Like, it's, um... just a mattress. You don't need the whole bed. You don't need yeah. a king. Like, you just get a twin. Yeah. Like, don't sleep on the floor. That's bad for your back, man. Come on. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't. Um, maybe it's like. Maybe he's got some kind of memory where it's like comfort. he doesn't feel <laughs> like good being comfort. I don't know. Yeah, I maybe <laughs> Foggy's like, yeah, yeah, I like it. <laughs> that, that, that right there. That. Yeah. Um, they, had, they had to save some money for special effects so they couldn't buy a mattress. <laughs> but like, sorry, dude, you got to lay on the floor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it was a, uh, it was really cool. He, when he was, um, when he first came to that scene, um, he was using a scorpion machine pistol, I think classic it was, it's kind of cool to see yeah it's a t- tasteful um but the i mean all that happened though he actually he was just having a nightmare mm-hmm. of it um so it wasn't like a wasn't like a dream or anything he was dreaming at that point in time but he's having a nightmare of what he did yeah. while being the winter soldier the old, the old flashback nightmare mm-hmm. the best kind 
Yep. Um, but yeah, uh, then, you know, that cue the ensuing therapy session, obviously, um, you know, we're, we're in the therapist office with Bucky talking to his therapist. You have some quippy, funny exchanges between the two. Um, but I loved, we, we get, you know, the, the three rules that his therapist has for Bucky and kind of trying to deal with his trauma of, you know, still clearly trying to get over being the winter soldier and all of the horrendous things that he was like forced to do as the winter soldier. Um, but we learn these rules uh, over a kind of funny flashback sequence of him uh, trying to, uh, I guess, seek vengeance in a way that he can while following these rules and not really like killing someone, but uh, yeah. writing a wrong, I guess you could say. Um, but yeah, so, so, so we got three rules here. We got rule number one, can't do anything illegal. Uh, you got rule number two, nobody gets hurt. And I loved how he's like, why, if this is so important, why isn't it rule number one? She's basically like, shut up. Like, <laughs> and then <laughs> rule number three, you know, he's gotta, he's gotta come to terms with, I am no longer the winter soldier. I am James Bucky Barnes and you're part of my efforts to make amends. And, uh, I just love this whole sequence of like him basically uh like hijacking the car or like hi uh, hacking the car and like controlling it remotely into like scaring the people he was trying to like set up to be arrested and then like somebody got hurt but they didn't die, they didn't die he just yeah. like <laughs> severely mangled a man's wrist and hand and then like probably broke his one. orbital <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean but he's not dead and then uh i loved him basically saying rule number three to the uh the lady he was trying to have arrested which was pretty funny um but this whole scene and like the rules and the the vengeance and the little book with the names in it uh really gave me some like cw arrow oliver queen vibes yeah i don't know list. if you ever watched that but yeah, like you failed this city or yeah. whatever he says um his dad's yeah. book or whatever yeah. yeah yeah exactly so that immediately as soon as i saw the a name in a book. I was like, okay, Oliver, geez, yeah. I've seen this before. <laughs> um. <laughs> but, you know, honestly, it also reminded me of uh, Steve Rogers. Um, didn't he have like a, he had a notebook also for his things to learn right in mm -hmm. modern day. Yeah. So that, that was, I think that was, um, I don't remember if it was a little notebook, right? But it reminded me of that too. Yeah, um, no, it's, it's kind of a nice callback, but like inverse of it. Right. Yes. Yeah. Because, yeah, like, so of course, cool. of course, Steve would have like wholesome, like, I gotta learn all these <laughs> things because I've been on yeah. ice for so. And he's yeah. just like, I must seek vengeance. <laughs> I must yeah. right my wrongs. Um, but yeah, we we also get a few pieces of information revealed in this scene with the therapist. First, we learn that Bucky is ignoring texts from Sam. So I wonder what that's all about. Like, yeah. um, you know, is Bucky salty that Sam got the shield and not Bucky, or is he like mad that Bucky is turning the shield over? Does he even know that Sam's retiring the shield? Like, Does is he, he even mad? Like Sam yet? Right, right. Have they ever really been like best friends? True, because all the interactions in like Civil War and stuff, it's kind of mm -hmm. just them arguing with each other, basically. Mm -hmm. um, but like, you know, is is Bucky just kind of like, why don't you want to take this mantle? Like, it's 
important it's an honor like why are you know what i mean like i don't know what's going on there yeah um do you have any like ideas of what you think that might lead to or is are you still kind of like up in the air like i am i'm I'm very much so up in the air like like you are um i would feel i feel like it it would i don't think there's a bone in um you know bucky's body where he thinks that he would deserve that you know i think he's still having nightmares of murder <laughs> you know yeah I, I don't i i don't i guess i don't i if i had to guess that wouldn't be on the list but it is a possibility true so, and also because like at the end of endgame uh when steve gives him the shield like sam looks back and bucky kind of gives him like the nod of approval so like he's like no yeah (laughs) he's like i'm i'm nodding yes but on the inside i'm so angry right now (laughs) i'm screaming no (laughs) yeah i I don't think uh i I guess we can only only assume that it was uh I, i guess the best assumption is that he doesn't know why he's doing it why he's not yeah going forward with it and instead forfeiting it. Yeah. I wonder if he even guess. knows like about that yet, or if <laughs> he's not. still like, yeah, maybe he doesn't have a mattress. Who the hell knows? What true. Him, you know? But he does have cable, but yeah. he isn't answering texts. So maybe he saw like the first text of Sammy, like, Hey, I'm done with this. I'm getting rid of the shield. And then he just went on block, you know? <laughs> uh, but I, I wonder if it's more of like the, the guilt really of, of Bucky trying to deal with his past as a winter soldier. If like he does, he feel maybe he does feels like he doesn't even deserve to be in like an Avengers company, you know, like maybe it's nothing against Sam. Maybe it's like all personal where he's like, I don't, I feel like I can't uh, associate with these people because like I've done some real terrible things and maybe I need to like reconcile with myself first before. Uh, I don't know. Just spitballing here. Yeah, it, 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 there has to be some kind of weird close-off thing. His therapist even said, you're a civilian now. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine that they didn't offer him the opportunity to do certain things, right? Right. Um, but again, it, that's probably just reading too much into it. Right. Uh, she but, also mentioned that like he's pardoned now, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's so, right. She did, didn't she? So, yeah. Again, Feige, dude, you did this to us. Mm-hmm. You make us question everything. Everything. I hate you and love you at the same time. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I wonder, you know, I'm sure that will obviously get explored because in the trailer we see like a group therapy session. So clearly things are amended to some point when they're communicating. That's right. Uh, That's so. right. They are sitting side by side, aren't they? Yep. It's more um, like a military type of counseling thing. <laughs> you know, there's not like a big, beautiful portrait right. on it. Right. Yeah. They're kind of, it kind of looks like they're in like a, like an interrogation room almost. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I'm, I'm loving the continued look at mental health with the MCU. Like, I mean, that's at the, at the end of the day, that's what WandaVision was about at its core was Wanda dealing with grief. And again, here it's a similar thing with Bucky, you know, again, just coming to terms and moving forward from his past and like reconciling with himself. Like that's not, that's not who you were as a person. That wasn't you. Like you were being controlled like, and it's over now and you're, you're yourself again. Like you're not that person. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm really enjoying that. Like 
because it's not something you really expect to see in like superhero stuff. You don't really see them struggling with this type of stuff. The struggles are always like against villains and like you don't really see at least on the film side of things like them dive into this aspect of heroic struggles. Sure. Yeah, that's why um, characters like Spider-Man, you know, were so big when he first came out too. Because in the X-Men, you know, they're X-Men, yeah. X-Men deal with you know crazy adversity. Yeah, um, you know, Spider-Man is a kind of a dork, always poor, <laughs> didn't get the girls. Yeah, yeah. You know, stuff you can relate to. You know, with stuff with DC, you you you're almost reading like, well, you know, like it's like reading mythology. You know, like Zeus is super sad that his 50th wife left him. Like, well, he doesn't get Zeus, you know, like it's, I can't relate to it still. 50 wives. Right. You know? uh, yeah. DC really does stuff like that where Marvel is always just kind of giving you your average guy as a superhero. So they keep their average guy problems too. Yeah. And even DC's attempt at like a relatable character, he just happens to also be like a billionaire. So like yeah. you can't even relate yeah. well, to Batman. Yes. Also a psycho. Yeah. <laughs> um but it, you know we have a little introspection here from bucky because he talks about never having a moment to rest basically like you know after he conquered or like was freed of the winter soldier like he had like a brief respite in wakanda and then it's just been from fight to fight to fight over like 90 years like mm-hmm. this guy this poor man like his soul and mind needs rest and peace and uh, I, again, I just appreciate, you know, them tackling that, uh, stigma or whatever you want to say that, uh, mental aspect, but the next scene that we move into, we're going to a nice little alley altercation between a senior citizen and a, a very hipster trash can sharer <laughs> fella, um (laughs) between unique you know like monique but with a u so it's unique uh i was like totally (laughs) i like both laughed and then also cringed yeah (laughs) i was like in power yeah okay uh i got like you didn't need to explain like you know because it's unique like i got that because you said your name was unique and then you (laughs) even explained the u and the m thing but anyways uh between unique and then uh mr nakijama which I probably butchered. Uh, so I apologize. But, um, you know, he's all mad because this this youngin's trying to throw his trash in his trash can and he, like, tries to, like, smack him. Like, uh, it's hilarious. Uh, but, you know, cuteness follows when Bucky and, and this old man, they go to lunch. They go on a little lunch date at a sushi bar. And, uh, you know... The, the old fella, he asks out the bartender for Bucky, and it's pretty funny. Um, a side note here. It the, worked, right? Because, yeah, like he straight just up jumped, worked. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he's like, okay, why not? You know, I'm yeah. Good. I mean, look at Bucky. I mean, how could you say no, right? Sebastian Stan is a handsome fella. Um, so much like Mark Hamill. It's crazy. <laughs> I know, dude. He needs to be, he needs to be a little so everyone, bad. Everyone talks about that. But I'm just like, it's. I, one day I never really saw it, but I'm like, Oh my God, they're right. Yeah. You know, it's, 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 it's pretty... uncanny. Yep. Um, but side note here, the actress that plays the bartender who uh, I believe her name is Leah in the show. Um, another name I'm totally going to butcher, but uh, she's played by Mickey 
Ishikawa, which um, who played, I mean, she's been in a lot of things, but uh, I recognized her from season two of the terror, which is on AMC, which is a really cool uh, like horror anthology series. Uh, but she plays Amy Yoshida in that show and she was really good in it. And I was like, Oh, this lady's awesome. I really enjoy her. So it's cool to see her in this show, um, which if you haven't seen the terror, uh, I believe you can stream it on Hulu. There are two seasons. Uh, like I said, quick little plug for the terror. Uh, it's an anthology show. So season one is a separate story from season two. Um, but they're really good. Uh, I recommend it. Um, but yeah, then the scene quickly turns from, uh, you know, cuteness overload to like straight punch to your heart. Uh, when, uh, um, Yuri, is that his name? It was that, I believe that was his first name, probably wrong, but whatever. I'll call him Yuri. Uh, the, the old man, he talks about, oh, yeah. you know, his son and his son's death. And, you know, he's, you know, he was just working abroad and the police said he was in the wrong place at the wrong time. And, you know, something just didn't sit right with him. He was, you know, he's like, it just didn't feel right. And he's like pointing to his heart and you can see this clearly uh, is affecting Bucky. And of course I totally was oblivious to it. (laughs) The first time I watched it, I was just like, Oh yeah, I'd be pretty sad too hearing about someone's son die. And then uh, this time I was like, Oh, I mean, it helps that I saw the reveal, but like then I was like, "Oh, how did I miss that?" Like, I'm so yeah, so that, that bad. part was. <laughs> I was watching that with um with Kelly and Kelly. Like, I think she was like crocheting or something. <laughs> and when when we realized that you know that was his son and yeah. you know, Bucky obviously pulled the trigger, she just looked at the TV like, <gasps> you know, like all of a sudden. <laughs> You know, the, the show, yeah. that was actually the hook, line, and sinker for her to, you know, get into it right there. Yeah. Yeah. So that obviously is like really sucky. <laughs> um, yeah. But then it kind of, you know, it kind of explains the relationship there, which we'll get into. Uh, but then that, of course, is abruptly changed. You know, we get a nice change of scenery here from the incredibly sad sushi bar to, uh, the dirt road or, you know, Sam driving down the road in Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's back in his hometown uh, and we get to meet his sister, Sarah, and, you know, her kids, her family. She's, you know, out working on the dock, selling seafood, I, th- I believe shrimp, I don't know, fish, some, shrimp some sort shrimp. of seafood stuff. Uh, they got a little boat. boat. I think, but yeah. Knows, yeah. Um, but again, this is, you know, just like I was talking about before, like, we're, we're diving back into the repercussions of the snap and the return. And, you know, she, she was not snapped out of existence. She was, you know, left to try to pick up the pieces during this five year period of time. And it was just real hard on her family. Like they, they had their struggles, their business is failing. Like, uh, you learn that she's had to take out a bunch of loans to like keep the house from being repossessed and things like that. And it's just like real, real sad and like real tough on the people who survived. And um, like I said before, like I'm, I'm real happy that they're diving into this and not just glossing over it. It was actually really cool that, um, that it's, you know, is his sister, you know, it's not like a, a love interest, Right. Like parallel love interest going on here, or 
guess neither technically by the end of it, but um, <laughs> I, th- I think she'll be back honestly, but yeah. Um, yeah, it, being his sister, it's just a, a dynamic for the character to where you're not totally worried about their love life. Uh, yeah. I, maybe it's stupid to, to focus on that, but uh, to me, that was a relief, honestly. And, yeah, no, it's true. And you don't see, like, sibling relationships much nope. in shows nope. or movie. It's always Absolutely. a love interest. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that, that is refreshing. I never, I didn't think about that, but mm-hmm. now that you say that, it is, like, pretty cool. You get, like, a f- familial aspect instead of, like, yeah, love interest. I, yeah. I enjoy that. Yep. Um, but in this, even in this scene, and then in a in a later scene, uh, we see like even with Torres and in the 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 scene inside the city when they're repairing Red. Uh, oh no, Red Wing. Red Wing. Yeah. <laughs> I almost called him like Red Hawk or something like that. Well, last episode, I was calling him Redbird over and over again. There you go. All right, I'm not the only one. It's Robin's motorcycle. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I actually almost called it a kite, Uh, but to be fair, it kind of looks like one. So get off my back. Um, (laughs) Yeah, Uh, but we see like Falcon kind of has this like celebrity like kind of like persona going on. We have people coming up and being like, oh, it's Falcon. Like, hey, you know, teach me how to fly. Like, yeah. thanks for saving my family. Or like, what can I borrow the wings? Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, so, you know, you have the Stark tech, you have like this celebrity persona kind of like showing through Sam. Uh, I don't think they're positioning him to be like, a Tony Stark or Iron Man figure, because I believe that's uh, clearly Peter Parker in this, in the MCU right now. Like he was Iron Man's like protege. And like, there was a lot of Iron Man stuff in uh, homecoming um, or far from home. I mean, <clears throat> but it's kind of cool to see the celebrity aspect like, you know, someone else being recognized and like, kind of like Iron Man always was or Tony Stark always was. You know, to, to bounce off that too, um, you know, the, the Fantastic Four, they're celebrities. Mm-hmm. And in the, Mar- in the Marvel comics, they're celebrities. And um, their identities are also public, just like uh, Tony Stark or and a few of these others. So it's kind of, um, it's, an, it's an easy entryway for them, right? This, yeah. Because superheroes are all stars, right? So why not right. have them just walk right out and there's nothing really kind of kills it. Cause it's not really that unique, but um, you know, whether they exist already or they don't exist, it'll be a pretty smooth transition when that happens. But Reed Richards right. will also be a big um, Tony Stark shoe filler. Right. Yeah. It'll be super cool. when that all happens. Um, but yeah, so we go from this scene uh, back to the sushi bar. Uh, we're, we're in like the pre date zone here. Cause Leah, she isn't off work yet, and that's when the date starts, apparently. But apparently no one goes to the sushi bar because she's able to just, like, hang out with Bucky and play Battleship. So, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they need to, like, relocate or something. But, uh, <clears throat> yeah, it's kind of like I, I, I really enjoyed the humor in this scene. So, like, you know, we have Bucky talking about trying online dating. And, like, it's like, yeah, just a lot of weird pictures, like tiger photos. <laughs> like, I'm like, uh okay <laughs> that's hilarious and she's like how old are you and he's like 106 and yeah. she laughs and he's like hey i mean <laughs> i am 
you know, she's like, why do you wear gloves for poor circulation and budget yeah. savings? So we don't have to CGI a metal arm every time right. you're on the screen. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just like nice little injection of humor. Um, but where the scene really, uh, you know, takes off while they're playing battleship, uh, Leah, she she lays it on pretty thick, and I'm talking like two C's. Uh, she's just <laughs> going on and on about yeah. the dead son. Yep. It's like, wow, yeah, what a what a real a hole. Whoever killed that guy, and <laughs> Bucky's just there. sitting there. He's like, can I have another, please? <laughs> um, but you know, again, this is clearly affecting him. And if you were kind of dumb like me and completely missed the point of the earlier conversation in the sushi bar uh at this point it starts to solidify a little more yeah. and you're like oh, i think there's some connection Something here. going on here yeah. yeah uh and then you know he just like he's like hey i gotta i gotta leave sorry uh and gets up he goes up to the father's apartment and he opens the door and then if you hadn't caught on yet, they show a nice little shrine of the sun and his picture just to make sure idiots like me, like a hundred percent knew what was going on. (laughs) Hey, by the way, Mike, you big idiot. That's his dad. Uh, Thanks, Kevin. I appreciate that. Um, Real quick. When he walked out of the sushi bar, he didn't say anything, right? He literally just got up and walked. Well, no, he's like, "Uh, I gotta, I gotta go. (laughs) Then he just leaves, and she's just like, "Okay." I I was, I was meaning to go back and just check that. Yeah, like, well, maybe I shouldn't have just talked about dead kids for like twenty minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Not your thing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he goes up and, you know, he just gives him some money for lunch and then he opens up his book and once you know his name's right there at the top of the page, um, so. You know, again, Bucky's trying to reconcile his past, and um, I think that's great for his personal development and like getting over this. Um, but I'm, I wonder how he's going to do that with this guy because I don't think covering lunch money is <laughs> is his idea of being like, hey, you know, I might have murdered your son in cold blood, but yeah, I did give you eleven fifty for that sushi, so right. yeah. we're good. Yeah. <laughs> Three for twelve. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's a classic, right? You know, exactly, no specialty rolls. You know, you know exactly <laughs> what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. The, the question is, will he tell him, or will he yeah. give him all the answers and leave? Yeah, because yeah. it it seems like they've been co-mingling for a while because they you know have these lunch <laughs> dates or whatever you know. So like. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you appreciate it at least because I <laughs> I doubt my terrible jokes are appreciated by many more. <laughs> oh man. But yes, yeah, so after we get the glimpse of a Bucky's black book as I'm calling it, uh we're transported all of a sudden to Switzerland. We're in the streets of Switzerland. And uh, Torres, he's, you know, he's got his little phone in his little jacket pocket with the camera exposed. Uh, and he's got his little phone in his hand and with his handy dandy terrorist tracker app looking for all the <laughs> flag smashers. <laughs> hey, I'm just saying, like, how does how does the government not have this app? I mean, 
I guess that would make for a really bad story that would end in like I mean an hour. Maybe they're you know maybe they're okay with it. They could be because the government sucks. So you heard it here first. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, so he's out, you know, roaming the streets, uh, trying to find this flag smasher meetup. And uh, wouldn't you know, he found the spot because everyone there, he's just like, hey, are you you here for the, you smashing flags too? Mm -hmm. And uh, then, you know, uh, a a person runs out in the street and just kind of like throws a bag of masks down and everyone puts one on. And then they get a text, which was in, you know, Swedish, I'm assuming. And I'm assuming it also said run, but I don't know what it said. Uh, But yeah, they get they get the alert on their phone. And then all of a sudden, uh, someone jumps out of the window of a building they're standing in front of with or he throws out some duffel bags, jumps out the window. And, uh, you know, chaos is happening in the streets below. And uh, they like pass the duffel bags off to some other people and uh you you learn quickly that this uh this character here with the duffel bags is not one to be trifled with because he is just tossing people around like rag dolls yeah the first kick i was like oh okay. yeah uh our our pal batrock could you know learn a lesson or two from this guy right. Right. <laughs> um but yeah so he's like kicking people across the street he's picking up Torres doing some crazy like Steve Austin, like Stone Cold, I don't know, Undertaker, choke slam, flippy <laughs> suplex thing, I don't know, but he throws him around like <laughs> like he's I didn't know all, I didn't know all those terms but not know where they go. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> <You> like <laughs> those guys the craziest they ever heard in my life. Hey, I uh, do what I can. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh but yeah, uh yeah, Torres tries to stop him. He pulls out his gun. And he's like, "Hey, uh I don't have jurisdiction here, but you got to stop doing this. And then he's like, but I got a gun. I don't care. And throws him around like he's, you know, a rag doll. And uh, then, you know, if that wasn't insulting enough, he just gets a nice old boot to the orbital. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, right. you're lucky to be alive. Yeah. Right? With like, that I mean, strength, I'm surprised exactly. he didn't like uh, look like a, head, right? yeah. a yeah, Gallagher watermelon session there or yeah. something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so this is interesting because this looks to be at least, you know, the setup of some sort of leader, maybe, or like you were saying, muscle enforcer mm-hmm. of the flag smashers. And uh, clearly looks to have some sort of superhuman abilities. So what do you know about this alleged character? And like, is there any sort of comic equivalent or what, what's going on here? Um, well, not really. Honestly, there's, there's not exactly a, a comic equivalent of the character. Even Smag Flasher himself in the comic, I don't believe, I think he was just a, a really good fighter. I don't think he actually had like any like uh, enhanced capabilities this guy was obviously or girl was obviously enhanced Mm -hmm. sounds weird um (laughs) (laughs) uh, but i think the the whole again we we know it's an organization right well when in the comics when they wanted to replace captain america at one point they wanted to use someone else who was another symbol of captain america but by destroying the old ways would get people to look at the new type of Captain America as the true hero. I know it's confusing because we never really got to US Asian yet or anything like that, but um, 
there was a campaign by the government to um, kind of blur out the image of the original Captain America in order to establish a new hero. Mm. So that's why I kind of said maybe the government's okay with it. Maybe they're they're okay with um, this organization creating chaos so that people will try to find a new hero that represents them to stop them. So it could be a false flag, ironically, the flag smashers, but it could be a false flag operation. Excuse me. I forgot how to drink there for a second (laughs) and swallowed down the wrong pipe. Um, So they're in Switzerland and they make a point to show that on screen. I wonder one, what they were stealing like what's in the duffel bags that's mm-hmm. obviously significant um and two like could it be some sort of super soldier serum or something uh that maybe they're using to enhance people like the person that we saw <clears throat> and it, like is that place you know is is Switzerland like a place that would have that you know what i mean like is this maybe like uh an old Hydra lab or, or hideout or something. I don't know. I, there's never really anything exactly like that. Um, but for all we know, they could, we know there's a lot of super soldier serums that exist and the, um, the original in incredible Hulk that had, um, Edward Norton in it. He, uh, Thunderbolt Ross in that, the general who's kind of the bad guy. Right. They took him into a room where they had tons of super soldier serum, right? There was, it's called cryo something. Yeah. Um, So there's, there's obviously a lot of it that still exists. And And I was just going to say, and that is confirmed to be in the MCU. Like I heard. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Talk about it before. So yeah. Edward, uh, Edward Norton's (laughs) Hulk is the Avengers Hulk. Yeah. So have you watched that movie? I'm curious. Yeah. Okay. Because you know, like Tony Stark is in it, obviously. Yeah. And, um, so, so there's a there's a lot of things that happen there. Um, but there's a character named um, Power Broker, and this this character, he's it's kind of like a you know, like think of a, a broker with money. He of does power. It, exactly right. Yeah. He, <laughs> he, he does it with um, uh, like his number one tactic is to utilize variations of super soldier serums. Mm. So, um, you know, that could, or, you know, obviously they was talking about Torres, how he gets his powers, he gets experimented on and presto. So there could, I, I think, I think a lot of the Captain America side characters that will pop up, it'll have an umbrella reasoning and that umbrella reasoning is probably going to be people that are using power broker to do that. Interesting. But, mm-hmm. Even in the credits, actually. Um, I don't know if you watched the credits. There was a lot of stuff that was going through it. I, I tried. Uh, the, the only thing I could really there was one thing that was kind of kind of weird, but um, I don't even want to speculate on it. But the, it says I think it says Power Broker is watching you at the, at the very top. Yeah, nice. So Zemo could be utilizing Power Broker. The government could be also doing deals right. with Power Broker. <laughs> um, the Flag Smashers could be. The so ten, rings. No. ten rings, <laughs> <laughs> right. everything but the ten rings. So. Yeah, <laughs> no, uh, that's a good point. Like um, we've talked about on the Mandalorian shows, and then our episode that we did with a bite of where we kind of dug into WandaVision and stuff. Like 
first off, I think it's hilarious that the credits for all these Disney Plus shows are like eight minutes long. But also, sure. the first chunk of the credits have some super cool like art or con- like in the Mandalorian, it was like concept art. Uh, Wandavision yeah, had like sure. the cool graphics and like like you're saying this one. I started to watch and watched a good chunk just to make sure there was no post credit scene or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the artwork and stuff is super cool. And of course, in my dumb mind, I was I didn't even think to like pay attention to what the art was <laughs> for like Easter eggs and clues. Uh, so thank you sure. once again picking up the slack. Yeah, um, that's okay. Yeah, interesting power broker. I wonder if uh, if any other fellow podcast or speculators. Uh, I just made that up. Um, <laughs> uh, caught that and we'll run with it i'm sure they did because they're a lot better than us i mean they're professionals yeah um, they probably watched like five times i, <laughs> yeah, I watched it true. once um but yeah so power broker it's very interesting um so i wonder if uh, i at this point i'm gonna make a hard stance just probably very stupidly and say that those bags contained some sort of serum Okay, I thought you were saying the ten rings. <laughs> <laughs> I try to hold. I try to like get all my jokes in while you're drinking. <laughs> yeah. A goal of mine, besides proving the ten rings link, is There's to get you to like bags. ten yeah. duffel bags. Each what you one didn't see is they were Russian dolls of duffel bags, and there were ten of them. So it's just duffel bag inside a duffel bag, yeah. and then eventually you get to a serum. Uh, yeah, another goal is to get you to spit your drink out. During yes. one of these episodes, yeah. Um, but yeah, so crazy scene. We're introduced to possibly the flag smasher of of sorts uh, for all intents and purposes. Uh, but we then transition back to uh, Louisiana with Sam and Sarah uh, heading to the bank to try to get a loan to fix up the boat and consolidate all of Sarah's debt. Uh, to kind of try to get her back on her feet. And I, we see Sam try to leverage his Avengerness and like celebrity uh, to like help out in this acquiring this loan. Uh, and first off, like the banker, total scumbag. Uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. Just straight up like keeps like, aren't you uh, yeah. that one guy? And he's like selfie, right? flapping his little hands like, oh yeah, the Falcon. Asking for selfies, telling him to like spread his arms out, like fangirling hard That's, over yeah. Sam. And I love how Sarah just is like, uh, so can you stop being a complete tool and like help us with this help loan? This or <laughs> yeah. Um <clears throat> but I think the the most burning question that arises from this is how do the Avengers make money? Right. <laughs> because they do not get compensated, apparently. <laughs> right. uh, it, is, it is a little, it is a little strange, right? It's, I don't know. Um, I can't tell you the comics I've ever answered that because <laughs> they they definitely haven't. See, we're um, asking all the hard questions here. Yeah. Um, I'm just gonna say, not that it matters, but probably Tony Stark was just being like, "I got you." It makes yeah, probably between that and um, probably Black Panther. Yeah. And we kind of, (laughs) excuse me, uh, Sam, you know, basically is like, yeah, I get contracted by uh, the 
you know, government to do all this military stuff. And like, you see that in the beginning, you know, you hear him talk with Torres about being, you know, serving together for six months or so. So, you know, they, they become independent contractor heroes (laughs) hired by job. Um, But yeah, uh, basically the banker is like, yo, I love you Falcon, but uh, yeah, can't help you. Sorry. We know your family's been banking here for generations, but we can't give you a loan. And they never really gave a reason, though, right? Like they just uh, like Sam says something like, you know, I know he didn't have income for five years because he disappeared, right? That, and then okay. he he says something like uh, he knows that they can they definitely qualify for like an SBA loan, and the banker's just like it's real quick in passing. He's like, yeah, not under the new like new regulations or something. So something probably hmm. were led to believe something happened within those five years that Sam has been gone, that like banking regulations changed or whatever, which I say, this is my retort, screw banks and go crypto. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I know that's what you're all about. So a lot. Yeah. I, I'm at the <laughs> point now where I stare at money in my bank and I'm just like, well, why are you here? <laughs> what, 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 <laughs> it doesn't make it just yeah it's incredible yes um but yeah it, it's just more of that dealing with the the snap and the return and it's just i've i clearly by this point if you haven't caught on that i love that aspect of this show in wandavision then i don't know what you've been listening to because i've said it like five times um yeah Banks are probably also like, well, you know, we just had 5 billion people walk out on us for five years. <laughs> so I, I guess True. it kind of makes sense in a way. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I guess it makes sense that there's probably some new, they're probably a little bit more sensitive. At yeah. Giving out loans in general. But, uh, yeah, that's true. But I don't want to side with the banks because they're scumbags. <laughs> I know. Um, not that I've ever been personally slighted by banks, but uh yeah, that guy was kind of a, a real big tool. So, um, but yeah, after this, when you know Sam and Sarah make it back home or wherever Sam is staying, uh, he gets a call from Torres, and he's like, "Hey, get to a secure line. We got to chat." Uh, I got my like face stomped in by this crazy dude. <laughs> um, so he tells him about his encounter with the Flag Smashers, and we get a real interesting like back and forth here where where Sam like starts to, you know, think with his face and you can see that he's thinking about something that is concerning to Torres. Cause he's like, Oh, do you think it's in like, before he could even say Sam's like, I don't know. And then like <laughs> the hang up or something. Right. So like, um, who does Torres think Sam's thinking about? Do you have any ideas? Um, I mean, because I don't think he's referring to the Batrock Brigade because like this sounded like had a more serious feeling to this exchange. Yeah, I, I, I think that's probably when that's revealed, it'll probably be a surprise to everybody. You know, I, I think there's. Maybe maybe they know about other characters that you know haven't even been you know alluded to yet. But right. I, I don't know. It's the um, yeah. I don't know. The sky's the limit on that one. 
Yeah. So uh, again, uh, I think this is like the fifth thing that I've said. We're gonna have to keep an eye out uh, for <laughs> about that. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it'll be interesting to see if. Uh, sorry for all the throat clears because I'm still dealing with not knowing how to drink. <laughs> like I'm still like on the mend here. Um, but yeah, uh, interesting to see if this is gonna if this is gonna be like a totally new character. If he's referring to Zemo or if he's you yeah, know it's... referring to you know the mandarin it's it's hard to know because right (laughs) (laughs) it's the main the the main reason it's it's hard to to know is if he hasn't told him about where you know captain is captain america's at right now right what has he told him right like yeah it's that's that's what makes it the um or like what else have they been through in the six months they've been working together you know like that is, is true too is was there like a previous threat that they thought they eliminated before taking on the brigade or the LAF. Um, yeah. Which every time I say and heard LAF, I immediately thought of uh, party in the USA for some reason. <laughs> what? I don't, don't ask how my mind works. <laughs> it's a mystery. Um, anyways. Uh, I mean, it's kind of fitting, right? It's Captain America. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yes, <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you. I see the... it. I see it. Oh my god, I see it. <laughs> Illuminating minds since 9 p.m. Eastern. Anyways, um, so this phone call ends, and Sarah comes in the room, and I don't know if Sam already had the TV on or if she's like, "Hey, you gotta check this out. This probably isn't good." I don't know how she knew exactly this was going to be terrible news for Sam, but she did. Uh, and they, you know, turn on the TV and once, you know, we've got a little, another press conference going on and it's that not cool dude from, uh, earlier at the Smithsonian when Sam was retiring the shield. And here he is saying, you know, we need a new hero. We need a new symbol. We need a new Captain America and this pompous smug turd in the captain america suit walks out and he just smiles at the camera and gives you the most ridiculous wink ever i've never wanted to punch a face so hard in my life what disrespect and clearly sam and sarah are quite distraught over this so a lot to unpack in this part um obviously they're bummed but you know is this kind of what we were alluding to earlier of maybe sam being like asked or gently forced to you know not assume the captain america mantle because they had this plan all along or maybe he was talked into not assuming the captain america mantle because they said they you know captain america wasn't needed anymore or something and then they pull this move behind his back like psych we just got this guy uh like what do you think i i i mean it's we're talking about earlier i definitely believe it was a, a planned thing because it happened really quick obviously mm-hmm. right they put it into like a you know a little plastic display glass as if it was not go to the museum but it went straight yeah. into uh, <laughs> the back so, of a van <laughs> right yeah yeah so it went it went absolutely obviously straight to um um what's it? john walker's hands um and it this is why I'm thinking that the flag smasher organization might be planned. You know, I think they're supposed to cause 
a certain amount of chaos that the government will utilize um, this new Captain America, John Walker, to maybe go out and stop them and show that he is the, you know, the hero that they need again, just to kind of reestablish that icon of the government hero, right? Yeah. Um, you know, er, early on when um, it was J- John Walker first showed up like in, in the 80s or so in, in Captain America books, it was like 86 or 87. And he's kind of, he's kind of the, he's the anti-hero Captain America. I mean, it's pretty obvious just looking at how he walks out. You can see a sidearm on his hip, right? He's got a gun. Uh, yeah. um, <laughs> I didn't even notice that. Yeah, yeah. So he's, he's, he's a much... Um, the, the character himself. Now, who knows what the TV show character will be, but in the comics, he's he is a patriot uh, almost to a fault. He's very, very zealous, and he wants to be a hero, but he's never um, lived up to what he wanted to be. Uh, that's actually usually that's kind of how this is where my mindset goes back to Power Broker a little bit because Power Broker he he utilized Power Broker to take him to that next level to be closer to Captain America's level, right? To have the skill and the powers. Um, and when he's trying to, this will, this will be different because in the comics, Captain America is, exists, he's, he's, you're running parallel with Captain America. He's competing with Captain Mm -hmm. America. So during that time there, he had people dress up like Captain America and commit crimes. Uh, and when, when they would commit the crimes, it would kind of dirty the image of Captain America and people start questioning him. And he's like, that's okay. I'll save you, you know, that type of thing. Right. Um, he's, uh, in some ways, I think people will look at him and not obviously as powerful or, or as brutal, but he's kind of the, um, the, the homelander to Superman, right? Okay. Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. He's, he's, just, he's just a smug bastard. <laughs> right. He's kind of like, this guy's a, you know, very pompous. So did they say John Walker at all in this episode? No, it just it has to be him right i don't know if do you, do you have the credits in, or the, the credits not, the not handy it, um, if, if it's not him I'll, I'll i'll eat my words obviously all right um, well but keep keep talking i'll look it up on imdb real quick no no that's fine um but you know when in the comics he was before he was you know captain america mm-hmm. he was <laughs> it's so so dumb um he was uh super patriot Okay, I was gonna ask what his name was in the comics. Yeah. Was he like Lieutenant USA or something? No, like? <laughs> no. It was, uh, I if and this is this is me. I'm I'm, I'm re I, when I heard that or I saw like a leaked image of like what I who I thought was US agent in the show. I went and picked up the um, um, the issue where he first debuted uh, as well first as US agent. Um, but okay. that was like one of the first things I jumped on. But he's got he got the powers and he was, I think he was supposed to be like a wrestler. And instead of being a wrestler, he just was like, wait a minute, I can utilize this for, right. you know, of course, be the to obvious America. leap for all WWF superstars. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, but yes, he is played by Wyatt Russell, who is credited as John Walker slash the U S agent. So. Okay. And you know, he, so he, he was, he was super Patriot. And then he actually assumed the title as of Captain America for a little bit and then he after that he became u.s agent and it wasn't until he was u.s agent that he really set into the anti-hero he wasn't exactly like a villain mm-hmm. 
he was just like an anti-hero. You know, he was he was part of the uh, the Dark Avengers. He was, but he was also part of the West Coast Avengers. So he's been he's been on a lot of a lot of different teams. Right. And he's in the com. And I don't know in the show he was in Red, White, and Blue, right? His outfit. Uh, he was in what looked to be pretty much the Captain America outfit. Okay. It, in the comics, when he really gets to his prime in the comics, he wears a uh, red, white, and black, and it's uh, okay. really cool. Nice. That does pretty, sound really cool. Yeah, I, I'm I'm excited to see where they where they go with it, but it's hard to it's hard to know what he's you know done up to this point, obviously, because in the comics, again, he runs parallel in right. existence with Captain America. Now he's assuming the place, so he'll probably just be called Captain America, and then after that, become. U.S. agent? I don't know. I mean, we all know that he's just a puppet of the Mandarin. It's clear. <laughs> Very it's, clear. Very the clear. writing is on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, as uh, Agatha would say, a meat puppet of uh, old. <laughs> oh, you probably you haven't got that far. Sorry. No. no Anyways. Okay. Um, but yeah, so clearly uh, for non-comic readers such as myself, this was quite the twist. Uh, to end the first episode off. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited to see, like you said, where they take this character. Like, is he going to be, you know, in that middle gray area? Are they going to, you know, paint him as a villain? Or are they going to, you know, work it out where he's, you know, part of the team, like ends up being a good guy? You know what I mean? Um, so, yeah. Uh, do you have any anything uh, left about the episode itself you wanted to you know, cover before we jump into our Marvel comic origin segment. Wow. That's terribly, terrible segment voice. I just did there, but (laughs) (laughs) we kind of just did it for, for her job. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But um, you know, it's, I think the, 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 the launching pad of this episode to go into what, you know, where these characters can go. A lot of people thought this episode was altogether boring and I completely disagreed. Um, I think that this, this is a perfect launching pad for, I mean, I'm not even interested in any like action that happens right now. I'm really interested to see how they're going to deal with the problems that were established in this first episode. And these people that keep saying these episodes are boring, like what are you expecting? Like, we're not going to get a mini series full of end game like episodes. You have to establish story arcs and like the characters you're following. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, absolutely. What, what and, and like I said, to, to be excited about what is, um, you know, what, how these problems are going to get solved is, you know, I consider that a win for the episode, you know? I, yeah. I don't know. It's, that's, that's just me, though. I don't know. No, it's it established a lot of uh, you know interesting things about what, dealing with the snap, like WandaVision did. You know, you got to the introduction, reintroduction, I should say, of of Batroc in the beginning. So you know he'll mm-hmm. play a part. We got a villain there. We haven't seen Zemo yet, so we're gonna have to. We're trying to piece together how he ties in with what we've been introduced to already. Uh, you have you know this wrenching the gears here of john walker you know taking cap's shield and like sam not being cool with that as probably he should be um yeah i'm excited Uh, this is a good first episode in my opinion and i'm excited to see 
what the remaining five episodes have in store for us. And uh, like you said, I believe our, our MCU comic origin, you know, character here was John Walker and he did a great introduction. It was so natural that we didn't even have to introduce a segment. You just knocked it all right out there. It's great. Um, uh, real, real quick though. One, one thing that'd be really good for, if anyone wants to learn about John Walker. Um, yeah. So I think that really kind of does go over the, the history of the character and um, what could go forward with it. Um, but if you want to actually learn about John Walker, um, his first appearance as Super Patriot was Captain America 323 in November of 1986. Um, his first appearance being titled as Captain America, which along along with that is you kind of look at Jason Todd as Robin. He's a little bit more of a brutal version of the character. So he yeah. played, he was, he was Captain America. He was called Captain America by shield and the Avengers. Um, but his tactics were a little bit borderline lethal. So they didn't <laughs> you know, like it very much. Um, right. But his first title being called Captain America was in um, Captain America three thirty three. That was September of 1987. And my personal favorite where I think that you'll probably get the most out of learning about this character going forward is his first appearance as U.S. agent in Captain America 354. That was in June of 1989. Um, mm-hmm. So those are a couple um, couple areas you could read about John Walker and where, you know, what could happen out of this character, what we'll hear about. I assume we'll probably hear about the Super Patriot, maybe as a wrestler. Um, I can see that <laughs> some cheesy thing they bring up or something. But right. Yeah, if you want to learn about the character a little bit more, those are uh, good good places to read about. Well, thanks for the heads up. Mm-hmm. That's uh, some good material there. Um, and you know, lastly, before we move on, I'm staying. I'm staying on the train. I'm not jumping off. So, our sadly though, our our ten rings watch is our, that segment's pretty empty this week. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I didn't notice any clear tie-ins, but I'm telling you. It's kind of funny as Ten Rings watch. It's like, how many pieces of jewelry can you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're all puppets of the Mandarin. Um, but I'm staying hard. So, like, we know Shang-Chi. The main plot line is a fighting tournament. Uh, and it's suspected to take place in Madripoor, which from the trailer of, you know, the first trailer of Falcon and Winter Soldier... It's heavily speculated that we're going to visit this location at some point. So I'm sticking to my guns. There will be 10 rings tie-ins. I just won't know them right off the bat because I have no Marvel comic knowledge. (laughs) So (laughs) I am leaning so hard on you for this short. Vindicate me. (laughs) I'm going to honestly, even if it's like as plain as day, I'm going to be like, no, there's no clues yet. Nothing. Nothing. I haven't seen it. (laughs) I don't even know what rings are. Uh, I'm like wearing all 10 rings. (laughs) I've never even seen them before. Yes. Um, Yeah. I think, uh, (laughs) I mean, I know one of my speculations early on was the Thunderbolts. You know, I think we might see a variation of the Thunderbolts. Um, but it's that's kind of that's kind of my that's what I'm going to hold on to. Nice. I will be very interested to see if the power broker comes in, or if that was just like a nice little nod, especially with the credit art, like you were saying. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, lots to look forward to, and only five episodes to give us all the things that we want. So <laughs> yeah. I'm sure yeah. a lot of us will be disappointed. Uh, 
in you know the Falcon and Winter Soldier's version of the Mephisto, the great Mephisto letdown of 2021. Right. <laughs> That's right. Um, but yes, uh, I think that that wraps it up uh, for me. You got anything, any closing remarks you want to get out there before we head out? No, no. I'm excited for next week's episode in this. Yes. Um, again, if you tuned into the live stream, if you uh, are watching this on YouTube, and you like what you heard, please uh, consider subscribing uh, and liking our videos. Turn on the notification bell so you know every time we post new content, which lately has been pretty frequently. Uh, we do this show every Sunday night following the latest episode of Falcon and Winter Soldier. Uh, we have our newscast, uh, the Showboys newscast, uh, every other Monday, which uh, tomorrow is another episode of the Showboys newscast. Uh, and every Thursday night at nine, we have our regular weekly Showboys show. So uh, lots of stuff coming out. Make sure you tune in if you uh, listening to this on an audio only platform. Uh, please consider rating, reviewing, subscribing wherever you can on whatever platform you listen to. It, it greatly helps us out. Uh, follow us on Discord and our social medias. Um, all these links can be found at linktr.ee slash showboyspodcast. And just like we did last week, we're going to send you out with the amazing remix of the Avengers theme song that our good friend SJT has allowed us to use for the audio versions of this show. So we hope you enjoy. And until next time, we will see you later. Avengers. That's what we call ourselves. It's a team. It's my new hero.